1: When Raw and it's time to begin It's on the Rewind A Raw with John Pollock and Waiting, The 18 that makes sense of these things We see in the ring every week on TV It's Rewind A Raw from Monday night Downloaded Tuesday morning from the post-wrestling site It's Rewind A Raw Monday night On USA Now on the John and Wade Take the mic It is the Rewind A Raw after <laughs> Wrestlemania Wait, why are we late? Why why is it 11:09 when we said 11:05? And why and why does my recording have 5 minutes of me talking?
0: Um, we basically we just started our show and 3 4 minutes into it, I realized, "Oh, I forgot to hit the go live button." So, uh, we just did a show for ourselves. It was fantastic. <laughs>
1: How have how, how yeah. the two of us, have, have, did you make that mistake? I, oh, I, I don't understand. So mm, uh, for the record, I am, I am keeping the lost four minutes of this show. Okay. Maybe <laughs> okay. that will be a, a, a bonus uh, d- down the road. But welcome, everybody. It is uh, now even longer since Raw ended what feels now like 10 minutes ago. feels like it's way in the rearview mirror where uh, Roman Reigns sent us to SmackDown at the end of the show.
0: What the hell kind of finish was that, John?
1: I don't know way. It was a it was a proclamation by one Roman Reigns to tune into Smackdown and that that is what we were left with. What what did you think of tonight's <laughs> Raw after WrestleMania because you may not realize but this was the first Raw after WrestleMania in front of fans since 2019 because we had the empty Performance Center in 2020 and I know you think there were fans last year but they were back in the Thunderdome last year, immediately after WrestleMania, with limited fans. I,
0: I you know, I I didn't know this until um, you told me three minutes ago. So, yeah. Um, what did you think that, of the atmosphere of the show? I thought it was fantastic. Like it really did to me feel like okay so here's the thing is that like I, I think raws after wrestlemania maybe haven't necessarily been meant the same you know even they're, like they're not the the a party
1: crowd where it's all the crazy
0: chants and and that
1: but nonetheless it was like it, the crowd was into it, i i will not say they were into everything on this show
0: no not uh, definitely but i i think they were more lively than your average raw crowd and i think there were moments where it certainly had that you know traditional raw after wrestlemania type of atmosphere yeah
1: Mm hmm. So we are going to be going into that a lot of angles on this show to go through uh, some some returning faces, some feuds continuing some brand new ones, but largely like this was a show full of
0: angles, full of angles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as it should be, it's WrestleMania. It's mm-hmm. the raw after WrestleMania. So I'm not too mad at that. But before we get to our reveal raw, you teased it this afternoon, John. What is taking place here tomorrow on our YouTube at one o'clock Eastern time?
1: So we were right in the midst of our negotiations mid-show when the post-daily news show was concluding. And, you know, we did a lot of WrestleMania programming over, over the last week. Everyone wants their spot on the post-wrestling WrestleMania weekend. And WH Park, he's been, he's been bugging us for weeks. I want, I want my spot on, on WrestleMania week. And we said, you know what? Let's, let's have a meeting. And we texted him. And we said, you know what, WH, you're going to get your spot Tuesday in the post-daily news slot at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You are going to be the man in charge of the time slot, and he is going to be reviewing Toshiaki Kawada and Kenta Kobashi from June of 1998. But the kicker is that WH is not going to know who his guest co-host is until he is there, right in the middle of the ring. Their music will play, and he will be joined by a very special guest reviewer.
0: That is correct. Right here, 1 o'clock Eastern Time at YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling. Tomorrow, Toshiaki Kawada versus Kenta Kobashi, their June twelfth, nineteen 1998 match, a classic that you guys can all go and check out. You can find it right here on YouTube. Watch it, and then listen to WH and this very special guest review it here uh, at YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling. Who will it be? I don't,
1: I don't know. Um, what are it, the
0: streets saying? What are the dirt sheets saying?
1: Uh, Marco stunt. What about Shane McMahon? Do you think Shane McMahon would do the long and winding royal road? Oh,
0: I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's watched. He a strikes lot of this me stuff.
1: as. He strikes me as a Kawada guy. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe Corey perhaps. Graves. He was. Uh, he was calling Kawada the Kawada kicks on on Sunday.
0: Could be anybody, but uh, tune in here to find out. And you know what? If you can't make it, we'll probably put it up on the regular podcast feed as well afterwards.
1: Okay, so that's Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. A, uh, that will be in place of the post-daily news show. Uh, up next, we'll be back on Tuesday night. And then we're back to regular on Wednesday, where we will uh, be back at 1 Eastern. Rewind to Dynamite that night. And then later this week, new MCU Later dropping on Thursday. Uh, this will be episode two of Moon Knight correct
0: correct yeah this time it'll be me and wh talking about the aforementioned wh talking about moon night we're doing an mcu later covering that show every single week for the month of march and i think into april as well or sorry in, for april until into may i should say Uh, Friday, it
1: will be Wei and Kate from Montreal returning for Rewind to SmackDown. And then into the weekend, uh, we've got Phil Chertok and Eric Marcotte, who will be doing the UFC 273 post-show on Saturday night. Uh, I will also be doing a a bonus show for cafe members at some point over the weekend uh, covering the New Japan show uh, with Hyper Battle. Uh, It's a pretty big card uh, for New Japan, so uh, I will have a show up at some point, uh, probably Saturday, if not Sunday morning. So look out for that if you are a... PostWrestlingCafe.com member, Uh, we had a bunch of people uh, signing up recently with a lot of WrestleMania-related bonus coverage, Uh, so if you want to join, $6 a month uh, gets you in and access to all of our bonus shows, including many of our reviews of various shows from WrestleMania weekend, Bloodsport, Both Nights of Spring Break, ROH Supercard of Honor, and all of our other bonus shows, including Rewind to SmackDown on Friday nights and MCU Later.
0: It's a great time to catch up. You know, now all that, the the dust is starting to settle. So, yeah, go and check all that stuff out and support the channel at postwrestlingcafe.com.
1: And only... uh only two things uh, to mention here before we get into raw um pat buck has uh, given his notice to wwe he had been working there as a producer and also working in talent relations uh, this was first reported by uh, mike johnson and uh, pat buck did confirm to us that he had given his notice so um that uh, and he did post a, a message uh, on twitter earlier just you know, indicating his departure from WWE. He had been there since 2019 and he was furloughed early in the pandemic, but then came back and was, was one of their uh, main producers. And of course, um, former wrestler himself runs the, uh, the create a pro academies uh with with brian myers as well so somebody very very entrenched obviously in
0: the uh the independent scene and then pwg and, uh, i mean yeah. just on that note you know yeah. i mean he made sure to know that it was a a, a, a move that that was his decision you know yes. the man just came came off of um producing both nights of the main events of wrestlemania yeah he was and, like
1: producing matches at, at wrestlemania so yes it was it, It was all indications was, yeah, it was his decision.
0: And like, you know, after achieving some career highlights, um, it seems like he wanted to take some more time with his family.
1: And then uh, PWG has announced their card for May the 1st, and this is quite the lineup. So they've got in the main event, Bandito against Daniel Garcia, Biff Busick against Speedball Mike Bailey, two of the, uh, the shining lights of WrestleMania week. Blake Christian against Black Taurus, Top Flight against Aussie Open, Jonathan Gresham against Kevin Blackwood, Aramis against Wheeler Yuda, and Jack Cartwheel against J.D. Drake. So a uh, a pretty stacked card for uh, PWG, especially, I would say, Bailey and Biff Busick uh, coming out of this weekend. I don't think there is a more attractive match that you could make of uh, two people that had very, very big
0: weekends in, in Dallas. I mean, to me, one of the great things about WrestleMania weekend is the fact that we can shine a light on certain people who might not otherwise get it on TV. And and coming off of this weekend, I felt like you had several names. Those are definitely two of the top.
1: And just quickly, because we won't be uh, doing the news on Tuesday, SmackDown uh, did two million three hundred and fifty nine thousand viewers up eight percent this week. And they were up twenty five percent in the demo, a point six one. It was their highest uh, demo since last September and their highest viewership. Uh, I believe it was since January of last year. So they were up big, uh, up 30% in women, 18 to 49. Uh, they were also up 41% in 35 to 49. So again, it was, it was the weekend of WrestleMania. And it was, you know, this year, the WrestleMania branding of Raw and SmackDown, I think did play, play a factor in all of this. Like that was not much of a show on Friday, but um, you did and have you, the, you had the and Andre just, Battle Royal.
0: I mean, Edge is totally right. Like, we we are just a a group of sheep. You know, you slap a logo and a name onto something, and more people are going to watch. So they will abuse this. They will continue to abuse this.
1: Yeah. Also doing a huge number in Canada, just over 247,000 viewers. It's their highest number of the year, and... I'm missing like the odd week, but this is probably their highest SmackDown in Canada since May of last year. So uh, both both countries in alignment, which is sometimes rare when we see there's sometimes discrepancies. And then Rampage did 456 thousand viewers and a 0.15 in 18 to 49. All things considered, I guess on a a night where I would think like the all the wrestling content happening would have more of an impact on AEW. Than it would um, SmackDown, for instance. SmackDown mm. being the bigger show this weekend, of course. But you know, I would see a lot of regular Rampage viewers maybe being you know wanting to check out SuperCard of Honor and other shows like that. They, they were up slightly from the week before. Um, they were up seven percent in viewers, up six percent in the demo. That said, the last three weeks of Rampage have been the three lowest of the year, so they they are still kind of in a bit of a rut uh, in terms of just where they were as compared to the rest of the year. And we'll see if there's that bounce back effect when there is there was also the the ncaa women's uh, final four games going on and you did have a young bucks match on this show so it's not like this was just some throwaway edition of rampage but i mean I, i didn't see rampage this weekend i can't imagine it was you know the top priority for a lot of people although the number at least it held up from the prior two weeks
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say momentum on Rampage. I think over the past several weeks has really started to wane, and I mean, it's going to take some actual uh, build towards a a high caliber match, or you know, the introduction of of some of these new talents in significant matches that might swing people back. But I I think they'll, you know, it'll 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 depend on who they put on and and what sort of stories. But they can recover. I think you have
1: to have some like newsworthy elements that coming Mm -hmm. out of the show, people are talking about, and it's that feeling of you, you don't want to miss something that happens and yes there's yeah. the handicap that it's taped but that that doesn't mean you can't make doesn't it doesn't hurt still. it at all it can still be like if anything use that to your advantage that mm-hmm. you know promos and stuff like that can all be shot in the back and it's like coming out of it you can have news you 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 have to make it seem like you tuned in and you got something and you're rewarded for it and sometimes great wrestling is is not always going to to cling people to to that fact so there you go those are uh, just a uh, truncated uh Bits of news as we go into Raw from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. And this opened with, I'm not kidding, like a five-minute music video uh, to the weekend, of course. Uh, Pretty much, if you missed WrestleMania, this caught you up pretty well, including um, the most incredible edit of WWE's history of saving this Vince McMahon stunner.
0: Uh I, I wonder how many editors they had, you know, hovered around several machines working frame by frame. Like they might have hired Peter Jackson to try to retool this footage to make it work. A remarkable job. I mean if you didn't see it live, I don't know how you wouldn't have between, you know, watching it on, on the live show or on Twitter. Um you would have been you wouldn't have known the difference. I suppose. This was this was an
1: an unbelievable work of art. The lights go out. Crowd starts chanting Cody and kingdom hits and we see Cody's uh, Cody's eye line. And he it's we're waiting ever so uh, long for this elevator to take off. And then it rises like it was like the world stood still for about three seconds.
0: They'll edit that in post too. that will look seamless as well.
1: So he rises up from like this box he's in. And then he walks down like this custom ramp they have for him. So he walk. He's got a ramp to get onto the ramp of
0: Raw. Right, right. I, I mean, I don't imagine that type of set is built into your typical Raw set. So, um, you know, that was a WrestleMania special, and we'll see if they can, you know, keep like is this is this his permanent thing that he's got now? They're really making a big deal out of this it's, guy. A, it, listen, it's a superstar
1: entrance. entrance. It's a superstar mm-hmm. entrance. He comes in and. This crowd, like he is really milking this reaction and knowing all, all the little tricks to sustain it. And just, uh, you know, he was really amping it up to get, encourage the crowd to just keep going and, and get kind of that that Hogan sustained
0: pop. Or or the Undertaker at the Hall of Fame sustained pop. It wasn't right. quite that length, but, you know, I mean, a, a similar similar feel.
1: Yeah, he knows he knows the tricks
0: and then finally
1: says, so what do you guys want to talk about? It has been 47 days since it became known he was a free agent and he had stayed silent. And people think that the decision to return to WWE was difficult. It wasn't. And he refers to the star that left them in the dust. And the man who stands here today after signing a multi-year deal, which led to the crowd chanting, you deserve it for getting a multiple on this contract
0: yes For, yeah you deserve like, an option <laughs> you deserve this multi-year contract <laughs> yes <laughs> i i mean i i don't know like does it sound like it's such an achievement like to have a multi-year con- like cody rhodes could have had a multi-year contract at really any point like he left uh his contract in the wwe so um i i don't know does it sound like that big of an achievement to you know a typical audience member to to think
1: well he uh i mean the guy the guy left and he came back uh with a much bigger deal than he, than the one he left so he well, I th- guess
0: the presumption yeah you're right is that he's making a lot more money
1: he said that if he had any doubt about coming back it was gone as soon as he walked down the ramp at WrestleMania and beat one of the best in Seth Rollins and says that He is an avid reader and goes to the quote, a man finds his destiny on the path he takes to avoid it. And he shows a photo on the screen of Dusty Rhodes holding up the WWF championship from September of 97 in the garden when he had wrestled superstar Billy Graham. And he talks about Dusty and how everyone reveres him to him. That was my hero. And he's getting choked up and says that that photo was in his parents uh, above his parents mantle right up until the end. And was the photo that uh, he's holding the same title that Hulk Hogan held, that The Undertaker held, that Shawn Michaels held, and that Triple H even held. And he says that when he was a child and he saw that photo, he went to his dad and said, I didn't know you were a champion like Hulk Hogan. And Dusty explained the champion's advantage that he won by count out. And didn't take the belt home with him. So he was never actually WWWF champion. And the dream died and that opportunity passed. Or did it. And says that he can't physically put that title onto his father. But he can put it around the waist of the American nightmare. He is finally ready and he is going to do
0: it for the American dream exactly in line with everything he's been saying throughout the, the week uh in interviews in his press conference i mean it is clearly whether or not we choose to believe it is his real motivation for signing with the company it makes for a wonderful babyface story and i thought he did a fantastic job here of laying it out setting course calling a shot beginning his hero's journey um as a wrestling promo i thought it was a hell of a promo
1: to me this was such a different promo than we are exposed to on regular wwe programming he sounded like a person with like a depth to this character he's got this overarching motivation for everything he does from this point forward everything is around is about getting to this title and it can be this could be a six-month story it could be a one-year story it's always like that is the true north of this character is getting to that title and i think that this overall program could benefit so greatly from everyone just at some point, like identifying that is the goal that everyone is striving for this title. And I I thought he did a great job here. And it was also like noteworthy that this was done in Dallas where like world-class was largely built on the Von Erichs, All Mm -hmm. going for the title that Fritz could never win. So I think your older audience that, you know, maybe was not here in attendance, but nonetheless, like some uh, easy tie in, I think, for a lot of people to this motivation for Cody with like the story of the Von Ericks and then Carrie finally winning it after David had died. So Mm -hmm. uh, I I thought it was a tremendous promo. It was just like, it was not a guy playing a character. It was just, it felt like a real emotional promo and also not any of the stuff that we really got. Found grading with Cody towards the end and talking about, you know, uh, turning and, you know, t- taking shots at people on the roster that he's never working with, like mm. stuff that was like that disastrous promo near, near the end before the Guevara match. This was just a focus centered Cody Rhodes with a direction and he's a fantastic promo.
0: He is, yeah, and to me, like I think one of the things that we were criticizing about his, you know, latter promos in AEW was perhaps the fact that he maybe is given almost a little too much autonomy, where he might be somebody who really might benefit from an editor. And I don't know exactly how much they're working with him. I'm sure he's being given a huge amount of autonomy for a WWE performance too. But I'm, I'm, I'm also assuming that you know he's going to have to be able to collaborate a bit more with various people and being able to work with the Vince McMahon to go over the words and discarding some of the stuff that otherwise um, might not necessarily work for any audience might actually benefit him. So week, week one has been tremendous so far for Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, I say that this was a great promo, but at the same time, I do wonder if the sincerity... It, it, you know ultimately starts to kind of wear thin on these types of performances and i like what i mean by that is when he was starting this type of promo you know whether it be at all in or like towards the beginning beginning of aew like it was like a very much a rah rah rally and cry promo he was great like he was the face of that franchise but towards the end like it just started to kind of feel insincere and started to feel authentic and these crowds started to turn on him so week one here in the WWE we're, we're still on we're all on board it's like hey hey here's like a top baby face with a great sounding promo but like I just wonder if in the future in the WWE with the WWE audience will they start to turn on Cody for like man you know sometimes like those tears might not necessarily feel completely authentic even though I'm sure they are but the scripts just feel so rehearsed that it does not feel, let's say, you know, for instance, like a CM Punk or like a Daniel Bryan when they speak.
1: I I felt that he he did not to me have like the WWE speak in the, in this kind of a a promo. Like I did feel like this was like the Cody style. But it's not
0: the WWE speak that the AEW audience was turning on. You know, it, it was it was the yeah, Cody no, speak that they were turning on.
1: And that's going to be the question. Like everyone knows that coming in, Cody was going to get this this response and. The question will be where we are come come May come June, uh, mm. wh- where this is like it's it's, it's very possible. Uh, also, uh, we'll, we'll mention this here, and uh, this comes from uh, Pat Laprade who was on the uh, the Post Daily News show today. Uh, if you want to uh, hear that, um, but the dark main event was Cody Rhodes beating Kevin Owens in six minutes. Um, he said it was a good match as Cody was laying down. Owens did the Young Bucks pose. They went outside, and The Rock's mother, Otta Johnson, who was in the, the front row, held Owens while Cody hit him. Uh, bionic elbow, crossroads, and Cody got the win and then did a promo afterward. That
0: sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, And a great little bonus for a crowd that probably was a little disappointed by the uh, final segment that we had to talk about on air.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, you want to send the crowd home with like a, a dark match and Cody would be the, the the one to do it. So there you go. Uh,
0: I would love to see an extended version of that on TV, you know, or, or a PLE, a
1: PLE. Yes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after the after the promo, Seth Rollins interrupts coming down. The crowd is humming along to his theme. Cody looks at him, offers his hand and Rollins is standing there. And then finally shakes his hand, laughs in his face, and says, welcome home. So I would suggest that we are going to get at least one more match
0: uh, between these two. And I... I thought, didn't you think this settled it? Like, the the handshake? Like, wasn't this the end? Or, or did you read it differently?
1: I, I felt we're, we're still going to get one more match out of these two uh, hmm. fr- from doing this. I don't know if... Like why do this unless it kind of like babyfaces Seth Rollins if this would just be the end of it? Um,
0: well, if you're baby facing him, why why would you do another match?
1: I I think they're they're not. I think this is going to be Seth still coming back, and I, I think these two will still be linked together after this. That, that's how I read the segment. I like
0: mean, I, th- I I read a team up.
1: Hmm. I, I I don't see them teaming up, but I I don't know. We'll we'll hmm. see. I just feel if, if Rollins was getting involved here, I just, I don't know if, if, if to me, um, I would say at least do this on TV, maybe one more time, but I could also see it cause I, I don't see Cody going for the title next. So he's as good an option as any to continue this with, but.
0: The handshakes to me are, are kind of nice in that. Like to me, they sometimes establish that, Hey, like, the match that these two had was so great Mm -hmm. that whatever grudge that they had, you know, it has to be put aside because they both ultimately ended up winning because it was a tremendous match. Um, It was almost like kind of one of those standing ovations. And to me, it felt like, yeah, they were baby facing Rollins for a different direction. Yeah.
1: Well, you're right. There there was no conflict here. It was sort of just, um, you know, it was kind of a mutual respect thing at at the end. So if that's it, that's it. But um, a lot of your top guys are kind of tied up now with, with people. So, uh, you know, Kevin Owens now has a uh, doppelganger to deal with, so I don't know if he's free. Uh, um, But maybe they'll do Owens. Maybe that'll be a program. Naomi and Sasha Banks against Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan... Uh, we went through a uh, commercial break, and then uh, when Banks got the tag, uh, she used a head scissors on Morgan and a meteora. Ripley then sends Banks into a power bomb by Liv Morgan as they double team her, and Ripley then sends Liv, and she ends up missing on the mat. Ripley is sent to the floor, and then Naomi and Sasha hit their new finisher, which is the the roll into the code breaker as Naomi hoists her up, and they pin Liv Morgan, and they win the non-title match and. Ripley is very annoyed and walks out on Liv Morgan, who is confused by all of this. And somehow this is going to lead to them now getting a tag title match after losing.
0: I don't fucking get this at all. This makes
1: no sense on this show.
0: What kind of um, meeting did Rhea have with Sonya Deville and and Adam Pearce to to somehow earn themselves a title match coming off of a clean loss? What was this? Maybe Adam
1: Pearce and Sonya Deville were busy. And they missed the match. They, don't, they didn't realize that they just lost.
0: You so Rita probably just called them, hey, we won. Uh, can we get that title shot? Even like They were in the four-way.
1: They did not come out with the titles on Sunday. They lose a non-title match. And the, the Champions-Contenders match <laughs> leads to them losing clean and getting a title match next week. This is preposterous. What the, what the Cody, Cody does not have to worry. The path to a title is not, not going to be as tough as getting to that AEW title.
0: I was going to say, yeah, things are very different from when Dusty was challenging for the championship. It's it's not that difficult to be champion these days. Dusty would have a few runs, I think, with the the title at this point. So
1: this this was total nonsensical. I don't get this at all. Kevin Owens walks out and says, maybe I underestimated Austin. He's still great. uh, And he had to be great to beat one of the greatest stars in WWE history, me. But I had a very bad back injury. (laughs) You can tell. When I walked out, you can't see it on my face because I'm tough, but I was limping. You could tell. And that's because I was in the gym lifting lots and lots of weights. I shouldn't have come to WrestleMania, but they needed me to deliver a great main event for the fans, so I put myself at risk for you. So this outcome should have a clarification because I was not
0: 100%. It should be stricken from the record books. I thought this promo was great. (laughs) It was fantastic. Like, it was like... Um, Every kid, like, I'm just, I mean, a great traditional wrestling heel. You know, not owning up to the loss and making every excuse in the book. It was hilarious. So then this man in trunks <laughs> <Yeah>. walks out. <laughs> this was great, too.
1: <laughs> and it took me a few seconds until he zoomed in. I didn't know who the hell this guy was. <laughs> He's all clean-shaven, and it is the former Elias, who is... Now, Ezekiel, (laughs) he walks into the ring and Kevin stands close to him and says, Elias, is that you? He says, I am not Elias. I am his younger brother, Ezekiel. And Kevin Owens hates liars. And he says that uh, he lied to Austin and he got stunned. This is what Ezekiel says. So the crowd chants, you got stunned. And he threatens Ezekiel, if you don't leave this ring by the count of 10. So he counts to 10. He doesn't leave, so Owens leaves and walks out on Ezekiel, who is just standing there.
0: Okay, <laughs> where do we begin? We expected some uh, WrestleMania debuts, you know, tonight or returns, and um, Elias was not one of them. He was so. a literal
1: babyface.
0: He was, yeah, he was not. I mean, he's a name who's been missing for quite a long time. And I think we had. I heard think he's that. been off
1: TV since like July or something
0: wow okay so and we heard that they were going to retool the uh the, the we saw the vignettes of him burying Elias if you remember all the way back then and uh I had no idea what he was going to come back as I did not expect that he would return as a generic 90s WWE superstars wrestler which is <laughs> what Ezekiel is and it is so drastic that I think in like 2020 we would get such a dress such a <laughs> so you see like Pete Dunne, he turns into Butch, you know, it's always something so overly convoluted. This one is the opposite. Like he has gone to being, from being a guitar player to being the most generic creative wrestler that I have to feel it's intentional. And I think it's hilarious because he's just like, all he is is just like, like, we don't clean shaven in like generic tights with a generic Titan tron that only reads his name. And he's trying to convince everybody that he's a different person. I mean, I think it's fun.
1: Yeah. I I don't want to cast judgment on uh, until we see him as this character and, you know, how he can carry it. And he certainly had enough time to really, you know, consider how he's going to present this character. But I will say like the sight gag was, was it and it came out and it was like really novel to see him as this by the end of the segment, I felt like, okay, the, the punchline has been told and, I just don't know the longevity of this beyond this initial reveal that, Oh my God, look at Elias. I think you can only have that reaction once. So not to say like it's a write-off, but it's all in the follow-up. And if this character can mature into something,
0: I think as the weeks progress and he still continues to, you know, try to pretend that he's not who he used to be. And, you know, people try to pull it out of him and he refuses to admit that he used to be Elias. Like, I think that could be fun for the audience.
1: We'll see. I don't know. Um we'll have to see. We'll see. You, you got to be open-minded to see where it goes. But I guess at least I I hope Owens is not attached to this guy as like his program.
0: Yeah, I wonder. That's, I wonder. That's quite the the shift. Maybe he'll do this like Ezekiel will just come out to interrupt various people and play the same game.
1: They mentioned the Bad Bunny won a Grammy the night before, and that takes us to Dominic Mysterio against the Miz. And Dominic's got Ray in the corner. Dominic did an arm drag off the top and then a Rana and a 619. But he's caught on the shoulders. And Dominic was supposed to be dropped onto the top rope by his neck. Uh, did not make perfect contact here. And that sent him into a skull crushing finale. Uh,
0: but this was all bungled up. This went 31 seconds. And the Miz Oh, my won. God. Yes. Not even a minute. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was surprised by this. I mean, obviously... Um, I was surprised at how clean it was. Well, it, it, maybe the spot was supposed to be more severe than it was. I also have a feeling maybe Cody went long, you know, and they had to cut time from somewhere to get, That's get back. And it might have been Dominic who who was sort of the uh, sacrifice here. But, you know, Miz had to get some sort of heat back after losing the match, of course. But um, I didn't think that they would sacrifice poor Dominic in 30 seconds like this. I mean, I kind of felt bad for him. He was, he's been protected at least a bit more than this. Um, and I don't think he's going to get it back either.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seemed that uh, he was the sacrificial lamb this week, and it looks that Ray will be in that role next week because Veer Mahan finally made it to Raw. He comes out, Ms. Bales, and he attacks the Mysterios, clotheslining Ray, hits a side slam, and then he uses this submission around like the clavicle and neck of Dominic, who is screaming in pain before passing out. And the crowd beer booze Veer, who will face Rey Mysterio next week.
0: It's kind of like a camel clutch, but with just one arm and like the neck kind of you know being being wrenched. So um, I know uh, Elias has been missing since you know the summer, and feels like Veer Mahan has been teased to debut for just as long. So we've been waiting a long time for this debut, and this was what we got. (laughs) I would argue, John, that this dude came across even more generic than ezekiel did like this was just any other green looking like giant coming in to do a roar you know beat down of a cruiserweight um i was not impressed week one
1: it was um yeah um you know he's he's going to get like the push out of the gate obviously i think he's going to run through ray next week which um yeah
0: we we will see i think he's but like to me, the intensity didn't like make him stand out. We have Giants. We have, you know, Omoses. We have Azizes. Like, we have plenty of those. Is this guy going to stand out above those?
1: Yeah, I I can't say that he he stood out to me in in any sig- significant way. Um, just a correction from earlier on the Miz like getting his win back. They they did win. They beat the Mysterios on Saturday, so
0: it was. They did? Yes, they they <laughs> oh, I'm won. So sorry. And then Miz still <laughs> attacked <laughs> <There's> Logan Paul, no- <laughs> and then he beat Dominic here. So yeah, I have no so idea what that happened. The,
1: the Mysterios. <laughs> I'm just I'm bringing it up to like emphasize like the Mysterios feel as though like they um they're just here in setup roles. That's what it feels like.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, apologies. Um, nobody in the chat room seemed to correct me either. So maybe you guys forgot just as quickly as I did. Yeah.
1: And nothing regarding Logan Paul on on this show. No follow up. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Hmm.
1: But I mean, that's something they can revisit a- at some point. But and maybe they'll they'll realize, you know what? That never happened. He's a heel.
0: Yeah. They made up off screen.
1: Bianca Belair comes out and she is wearing glasses, but would take them off to show off her terribly messed up left eye from that Molly go round and my goodness did this oh. look
0: brutal. I was wondering what spot it was that, that caused it. Yeah, That's, you're probably well, right. When they
1: had the replay, I mean, we saw mm. her get like nailed right in the eye and you know, she was saying afterwards when she was interviewed that, you know, it was it was bothering her on on Saturday, but um, you know, yeah, it looked really bad here.
0: So Yeah, oh, wow. Uh, bad looking, but I thought like a really good nice dramatic touch to reveal it. The way I, she did here.
1: Yeah, I did, too. Like, I thought she was going to wear the glasses the whole promo. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, sh- show it off. Like, it was, you know, it accentuated, like, the, this fight that you were in on, totally. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And she then went on to say that without SummerSlam, she would never have realized how much better she could be. And she's not going to take it for granted because she knows how fast all of this can be taken away Becky went after my hair, my throat and my eye. I took it all. I fought with one eye to end her reign and become champion. I'm going to be the best champion I can be and knows what it's like to lose this. I'm going to fight everyone and I am different and I'm better after Saturday. And now Becky can find out who she is without this title because I know who I am. And we got a big pyro display at the end of this segment. It was a good promo from Bianca Belair. Um, And I guess just interesting to see where this goes next. Becky was not on the show, and you could do a rematch because Mm -hmm. you don't really have a whole lot of challengers
0: set up for Bianca immediately. You have a black eye, you know, that you can use to your advantage. Yeah, you're right. Um, And I also
1: like the story that they're they're setting up here of like Becky, like so much of it was like she, her lifeblood is this championship that she doesn't have. And I don't want her to go into crazy territory, but I, I do feel like they are going to make that like the central focus of her character. Now that she doesn't have this, um, this energy source essentially to her being,
0: or do you go babyface with her now, now that you've done the run,
1: you could, I think she needs to get to that spot. I really believe if you're looking for a year out to do Becky and Rhonda, I think they need to be flipped. Oh, you, and, without a doubt, and you don't yeah. have to do that now, but yeah. I think by WrestleMania next year you have to be in that spot. I think Ronda, yeah. it's you really need to start to uh, assess that that value of turning her.
0: You know, it was a real challenge. I think with with Becky Lynch um, throughout SummerSlam up until now of having her be booed against all of these poor baby faces that were trying to be you know put up against her, and thankfully they managed to create enough value in Bianca Belair or retain enough value in Bianca Belair so that by the time we got to this point um fans were clearly on one side and booing becky lynch so you know uh yeah we'll see how they take it but man this was a great post victory speech from bianca belair um just heroic and outside you know like it's amazing to me like how much better she's gotten in such a short amount of time like she was already great when she debuted on the main roster but i think over time like she's just gotten that much more comfortable and i said this last week but i think maybe outside of becky um She's the best promo in in the division, in the women's division at least. You know, there are some people I haven't really heard like in this context. Like sonia is a great promo, but I haven't really heard heard, heard her cut this sort of promo. Um, but Bianca Belair is just you know all that for me to say that she's just fantastic. You know, she is one of their homegrown talents that I think is setting a benchmark for all of their next in line super athletes that they have coming through their system like she is the template of somebody who you can take from scratch who has great athletic abilities and farm into you know wrestlemania show stealer two years in a row
1: yeah and i would say in the short term like you could do a rematch with becky you seem to be getting uh, rhea ripley it, a, a, as a heel that could be that mm-hmm. could be a great
0: program yeah and in the meantime you've always got drew drop with bianca can always do that one every week. You could do yes, maybe that'll be next week. Yeah, um, and we wait to see like what you know statuses of Alexa Bliss, uh, right? Oscar, you know names like that.
1: Yeah, Bailey's uh, out, out there as well. So, mm-hmm. so you do have an influx um, of, of of women for both brands. Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. The yes.
0: yes. So uh, unannounced, unexpected.
1: Yes. So uh someone else was going for a championship here for uh for their that their father never won.
0: <laughs> yeah, Rick Steiner never won the NXT championship. You're right. No, he did not. <laughs> so
1: Byron Saxton mentions the electricity in the air. I could not detect any electricity when this match began. This crowd did not seem into this at the beginning.
0: Uh it did feel like a down point honestly. You're right, John. And and I I don't think there's anything wrong with this idea. I have to say like even though NXT 2.0 is not what it used to be, I think you figure that, like, a, a diehard audience of people choosing to stick around the day after WrestleMania, flying in from uh, other countries, would at least be a little bit more familiar with NXT 2.0 than your typical crowd. But um, maybe it's the st- the stature of NXT 2.0 that kind of, you know, soured the crowd from the get-go.
1: I think if you look at at a whole, like, everything about NXT, it's, like, it's feeding... Raw, it's feeding mm-hmm. smackdown. I my argument for it would be a lot of people are watching Raw. Against it is that, you know, you did build this whole show that people, you know, bought tickets for to go Saturday. At the very least, I wish they would have done an ending that would have naturally led to this on Monday instead of what what at least set it up in in some kind of former fashion. This wasn't even announced until like you tuned into the show and you just saw like a lower third that mentioned, hey, coming up next, Ziggler's taking on Braun Breaker. And then we're going to do the crowning on, on top of it here. So, I mean, it is what it is. They they had at least the desire to do this title change on Raw. I think mm. that they viewed it that it's significant enough that we will put it on Raw. Um but but it really does show you just in the pecking order what even a stand and deliver is in in the hierarchy here that a main event for that show over WrestleMania weekend uh, that is going to pale in comparison to a middle of the card
0: match on Raw. Okay, so I mean it does make sense because way more people will have seen this than stand and deliver, right? Um, so you know in that sense, like you're, and it, the hope it, is that those that this feeds Tuesday's audience. Exactly. Like I, I get that thinking, but. It doesn't really excuse the fact that like, I think even even for that reason, like building anticipation is incredibly important. And you're right, John, like to be able to at least lead from Saturday to today or at least, I don't know, maybe yesterday announced the match was, was going to happen. Maybe at least a video package detailing the feud or something like that. Some feeling to make this feel more than just a filler match in the middle of Raw that people can go to the bathroom for. I I think might have helped a little, but who knows? Maybe not.
1: Yeah, that's and that's something it's hard to kind of see see the result of, is that what was the perception of this? The idea is, oh, you're on Raw, it's a big deal, but did people look at, like, the crowd was not into this. It was, as you mentioned, in the middle of the show. um, Do do you take this away that, like, these are, that Braun Breaker is a star or not? And I guess that is, that's obviously the objective here is to to make him feel important, and you just want to give him the best foot forward to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. Like if this was years past and let's say Finn Balor was the one. jumping. This would have been NXT. a huge deal
1: in any of the past, like five, six years of taking mm-hmm. your NXT champion at the time and a top and anyone on the raw roster, that would have been a huge part of the night after WrestleMania.
0: But Braun Breaker does, does not have that same cachet with this sort of audience. You know, they see him as the face of, you know, like a, like the NXT that they hate, you know, the, rather than the one that they like. And, um unfortunately also when he does come out to wrestle like there's really nothing all that spectacular about him like he he does feel actually like another very generic wrestler although if you watch nxt i i think you know considering the level of of, of time he's had it he, he he's very good i would even say exceptional for given the amount of talent i think what, what really helped is to have his his uncle and his dad
1: well that was to me um you know if if he was winning on saturday it was like that seemed like the perfect idea is like you just saw the Steiners the night before he wins the title and the Steiners celebrate with him. And I would certainly argue that to make this feel special, I would have had them at least come into the ring with him after this. And you'd get a pop for the Steiners mm. and they give the, the endorsement to to Braun. And that's a cool moment on, on this show. And it's it's quick. Just have them come out. And I, I thought that was a lost opportunity. Maybe they left. I'm they, not, I'm uh, not well, I'm, on Monday. I'm sure they weren't. They were like, ah, if you win the title Saturday, fine. We're not sticking <laughs> around in this city till Saturday. They they <laughs> want to get out of the city more than Kevin Owens. So uh, Breaker did some impressive stuff here. Did a, a Topekan hero. This was honestly like the Cole's Notes version of Saturday's match. It was like condensed. Um, the Topekan hero, Rude getting involved, um, and Breaker fires up. When when Breaker did like his power spots, that that did seem to get like the interest of of the crowd, and then they verbatim do the repeat of the uh, ending of Stand and Deliver where Ziggler rakes the eyes to stop the the power slam, sending Breaker towards the exposed buckle, but this time he avoids it, he eats a super kick, and... Braun kicks out this time and then there's a super kick by Ziggler that is stopped with a violent spear and then he does the military press into the power slam pinning Ziggler and Braun Breaker is a two-time NXT champion so um, certainly they had a better match on Saturday this was the condensed version uh, but this is the one where you got the title change
0: yeah I mean you know again all of this feels just more like you know like a forced ad for NXT 2.0 rather than I think it's in sincere storyline moment that felt earned. Um, it, you know, it was unfortunately in front of a crowd that probably hasn't been following his story and doesn't see the significance of of something like this. At some, at one point, they were doing the Seven Nation Army chant for Pat McAfee because. Um, It's, you know... Yeah,
1: like, they weren't that engaged into into this. And and this was at a time when, if you took someone from NXT with a Night After Mania, it also probably reflects, like, the crowd. Yeah, way and their interest Mm in NXT, that this was not a big deal. You've seen Braun Breaker on Raw. My question is, do you expect Braun Breaker to keep appearing on Raw?
0: I I think this is somewhat working, you know, this continued integration with NXT. And so I think the reason... That the answer will be yes. I mean, if not Braun Breaker, then at least another person who... Uh, you know might might transition between the main roster and NXT or maybe they like you somebody in the women's division I wonder you know yeah. like because this kind of brings Rose? an end to uh, like maybe you do a rubber
1: match with Dolph Ziggler but this kind of brings an end to the whole Ziggler rude chapter to, to mm-hmm. me uh, like you could maybe squeeze one more match uh, like where they build that up to in a week or two on NXT
0: I would love to know, like, if they tried this with toxic contraction, you know, had some sort of integration with like Mandy Rose versus, I don't know, somebody on the main roster that she'll feed with like back and forth. Would it would it do any better than than a Braun breaker? Um, I think the the divided talent is is maybe a little bit closer between the women's divisions than maybe the men's. So maybe maybe they'll try that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I also uh, will point out that next week, uh, Raw is in Detroit. The home of the Steiners. Oh, boy. So to me, it was like, we, we could have like done something cool next week with this.
0: Yeah, very true. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been the, the week after WrestleMania. And now you're asking Scott and Rick to fly again. You know, and they, they're they probably way, 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 way gone.
1: Well, um, I, I could possibly see like Breaker on the show next week. Like, if they did this and they want to have that, like, Braun seems to be the one that you would be booking on Raw if you want to continue this uh, back and forth stuff with NXT.
0: Another question about NXT, you know, now that Hunter seemingly is kind of back in the fold he's making tv appearances like do you think he has any involvement at whatsoever with nxt on screen
1: uh I, i'm not expecting it i think
0: like this was know, this was, would have been one of those moments that where he could have come out and like you know lifted braun's hand just to kind of give the rub um but no that didn't happen
1: yeah i think this weekend was unique because he was there in dallas for for the tryouts and for wrestlemania and i and for chompa and th- the way he described it is that you know he's going to be doing a lot of the talent recruitment and i just think for his own like health doing all that traveling i don't think that that's probably going to be in the cards for him right now so Mm -hmm. yeah i I don't expect that happening but we will yeah it'll, it'll be it would be noteworthy certainly if he was on this week MVP is introduced in the ring by himself and brings out bobby lashley who he notes won at wrestlemania without any help he even did it without me And the crowd is chanting for Bobby, and Bobby puts over Omos as the strongest and most powerful man he has ever faced. He felt hopeless, but he knew if Omos made a mistake, he could capitalize and win. And yes, Omos made several mistakes in that match. So Omos comes out and yells, I want my freaking rematch. Mm -hmm. And he wants, he says that was a fluke. He towers over Lashley, and MVP jumps Bobby from behind. And he gets on top with strikes and yelling, you didn't need me. He slaps him. Omos is directed by MVP to attack and then ends with a running boot by MVP and a tree slam. So Omos is paired with MVP, like you suggested. And poor Bobby Lashley is going to have to wrestle
0: this guy again. Oh, I mean, you knew it was (laughs) was happening, man. Uh, But, you know, I think the good thing is that Omos is going to have MVP in his corner now. To be able to kind of you know at least like do a lot of the heel tactics, maybe get involved from time to time, and I think the match will probably be better. But this is a very good call. It's the right thing to do to take Olmos to the next level. Look at the the look at where Bobby Lashley is today. He would not be where he is at all without MVP. MVP was a thing that turned that man's career around. And let's see if he can do the same with Olmos here. You know, he he he's going to have a much tougher task, I think, but.
1: I, right th- I think you're definitely more on the uh, in in the Nate and Andrew camp on Omos and
0: me and Chris. I know, I think, no, or- no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I I don't like him that much, but I have faith in there's like in in somebody like MVP to like you know like work his magic to. Fill a lot of those gaps. I think I, I thought
1: this was like the natural move. Like once you're turning Bobby Lashley babyface, like the the babyface manager is a pretty redundant role. So mm-hmm. that kind of uh, necessitated this. I guess your question is, you know, mbp with, with like oh, I ju- I just question like we're going to continue to put resources into Omos and it's like what is the end goal here because it is someone that you know. Does Lashley just beat him again? And if Omos is beating like Lashley is one of your few guys um, that can work with a Lesnar, that can work with a Reigns, that uh, shouldn't be trading wins with Omos. That to me was the whole point of the booking on Sunday. So, you know, you squeeze another match out of here and they obviously are not giving up on Omos. But that that lends the question, like, how how do you book the second match? And it's almost like Omos has to come back and win now.
0: Yeah, you're right. MVP got a lot more physically involved than I was expecting, actually. Like, he, it was a great looking beatdown, first of all. You know, but, well, really... honestly,
1: two on one matches would benefit this, and Omos is, is even more limited.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you know, somebody's got to take the pin, and it's not going to be Omos, but that's,
1: you know what, way That's, that's probably their way around this is like a two on one handicap match with hmm. MVP inv- involved here, and that, that solves a lot of the problems we just outlined.
0: You think Cedric and, uh, um, <laughs> Shelton are watching this in the back and they're like, all right.
1: There's still a chance. The Hurt <laughs> business is not done completely. Yeah. They they will they will get back on the same page.
0: They'll they'll just help next week and say, hey guys, where's the Hurt business again? Yeah. Well, maybe he needs some friends.
1: Lib Morgan and Rhea are backstage and this is where Rhea worked her magic and uh got a title match next week. And I don't know what happened, but they got a title match. Carmel and Queen Zelina <laughs> come out, Ways Tag Team of the Year. And Zelina stops Mike Rome from introducing their opponents and blames Carmella for losing the titles because she's preoccupied and is getting married to a man who is a fool for wanting to marry you. But he is a very handsome man as Zelina starts to flirt with Corey. And then Carmella says that Zelina is no longer a bridesmaid. So if you want to come to my wedding, you can be the flower girl and Zelina attacks her over this demotion. And then, Carmella goes and jumps onto graves and then they proceed to just suck one another's like faces off as the camera just got uncomfortably close for an uncomfortably long time.
0: So no match. Um, No, this no was match. supposed to be a uh, Zelina and Carmella versus Natalia and Shayna. Yep, we were robbed. We
1: were robbed. The losers could have gotten a title shot next week.
0: Yeah, It's true. Yeah. So it seems like they're teasing some sort of like love triangle. Is that what you took out of it when when Zelina? I mean, called that's Corey what they were certainly anthem?
1: trying to make as the heat here with with Zelina like hitting on Corey. Yeah. Um. This continues to be pretty awful, but maybe they're going to shoot an angle at the wedding. The wedding I think is on Thursday.
0: Oh, that's kind of perfect, actually. They should. Yeah. The and boys. then maybe Zelina brings her date, and uh, we have the house <laughs> of, House of Black appear. That's right. Okay. As the best men. There. There they you interrupt go. the wedding. The forbidden <laughs> wedding. Yeah, it, this is awful, but hey, at least now the titles are off of them. It's, like, it's a big improvement. It hurt the division completely when they were doing this shit at, at, the, at the top of the division. Like you saw today, even the tag team match was way better without all of this these shenanigans. So this is the type of stuff that like really belongs in the 24-7 division. And um, if they decide to shove all that stuff into like one whole segment, that's fine. But keep it out of the serious stuff.
1: Austin theory was with the Usos in the back, and they start making fun of him for losing at WrestleMania. That, and then he explains that he had Pat McAfee beat, and he doesn't even want to talk about Austin. Vince McMahon has never made a mistake; he made a right in, the right investment in me, and I'm going to prove it against Finn Balor tonight. And they're just like jawing at one another. And then we see the graphic: these three are teaming up together; they're teammates.
0: Well, it seemed to be a you know a, a bit of like you know tough love to motivate. Like, maybe theory asked them to do it, or maybe they're just good guys. are like, "Hey, they saw theory was down, and and like the users are like, well, how, well, hey, like how how can we pump this dude up? Let's you know, let's let's do our uh what what do they call this? Uh, is there a word for this sort of motivation? Um, ineffective. <laughs> See, it seemed effective
1: to me. He won the match. I guess it did work. I, I take that back." So RK-Bro and Finn Balor took on Austin Theory and The Usos. Graves explains that Finn Balor didn't make it onto WrestleMania, but he still has time to have a WrestleMania moment on the Raw after WrestleMania.
0: Oh, boy, did he. Okay.
1: I found I found a setting that was more sad than the panel 10 minutes before WrestleMania began. Outside with nobody. It was Finn Balor going for his WrestleMania moment on a Monday night in front of this crowd. Mm-hmm. He didn't get his WrestleMania f- moment, folks. Uh, They beat down on Riddle. This is like the easiest formula in pro wrestling, and it works every time. They build to the Orton tag. They are like orgasmic here as Orton gets the tag and he just goes wild. He just has like, he can just do this in his sleep power slam draping DDT. There's a blind tag by theory as Orton's back is turned and he hits the draping DDT sets up for the RKO when theory attacks. Balor comes in, levels him. Coup de gras is missed. ATL gets countered. And then we just get everybody coming in. Riddle comes off the top and is met with a super kick. Balor with the sling blade, but then turns and is hit with the ATL and your non-champion Austin Theory for the third television program in a row
0: pins a champion in Finn Balor and then takes a selfie with him. He ha- first of all, I mean a fun fun TV six man, you know, good art and hot tag, fat high-paced finish towards the end, but <laughs> Balor has lost everything, you know, everything and it's so often and so frequent now that like it makes me wonder if they're trying to set something up like are they trying to bring back the demon perhaps um not to say the demon will help because the demon even the demon loses
1: how how many guys can get booked terribly and just get thrown into the edges group maybe and that's that, that's
0: their oh, gimmick oh okay you're right yeah yeah just have them lose a lot cuz let's, yeah. have,
1: let's have no baby faces on this show how about we try that how about a whole it, show of heels
0: it is the type of like You know, high-profile losing streak that makes me feel like they're doing it for a purpose. They're trying to set set up some sort of transformation. He's a champion. He's a champion on a losing streak. How how nonsensical is this? Mm, Completely. Yeah, it means nothing in the belt. Yes.
1: And speaking of, Edge comes out and he explains he is an honest man. He said AJ would face his judgment day at WrestleMania, but he didn't think Damian Priest would appear. He fought his inner self just like Edge. He tried to be a role model for you sheep. Which led to the crowd chanting, "We are sheep." And Edge says, "Very telling, idiots." So rise for the punishment, Martinez of the guilty, Damien Priest.
0: I mean, punishment to me was clearly put in there as like you know of a subtle nod. Yeah, that's smart. does he become punishment priest? Like, do they work that in? Um, P squared. P squared. Sure. Is this the end of Damien and Priest? Are we? Or, yeah, or they what they this?
1: merged. They they've merged. They're a human they have one oh, okay. concerted front priest explains that he was lost leading into wrestlemania the crowd chants we don't care thankfully damien didn't
0: get lost here he, they chanted we don't care and then he came back by saying you know there was a time when that bothered me yes which i thought if that was an ad lib or even if it was something I, I think they, that was 100 percent an ad lib of course if it, if, I, if, it, if it was an ad lib if it was something they they predicted and had prepared for that was great like, I thought it was a great way to work with, you know, an, ant- an antagonistic crowd here. So it kind of impressed me here from Priest.
1: Yeah, Edge just kept calling the fans losers. So the crowd started chanting, we are losers, which is what I thought of them uh, as they were chanting. A
0: this, self-deprecating crowd, yeah.
1: And felt like his message to AJ spoke directly to him, and he has pledged his loyalty to Edge. And Edge explains that we got the Pitbull at WrestleMania. We really did get uh, the Pitbull because... Um, Pitbull did do one of the themes, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. One so. was Pitbull, one was the Weeknd. I'm sure there's uh, there's Kid Rock, there's Metallica in there, like it's the greatest hits.
1: Yeah, we got all versions of the Pitbull from the musician to the wrestler to Butch.
0: Ah, you're right. Everything but an actual dog. Yeah. Time time will tell on that one.
1: But they lack intellect and uh, pit bulls they know f- how to fight but not flight and aj needs to think about his family and his children so aj comes out and man that mark on his temple like dude he, he just
0: pat mcafee today talked about how they, he was warned to not run into the set like aj did when he was walking out cause...
1: it must have been like really close like i'm i guess i'm surprised no one else had this problem only aj did like think of how many people came through that entrance over the two nights
0: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure they could have just stuck a piece of tape there or something to warn people. There's I mean. gonna be.
1: I I wish this guy had his his uh, his Twitch channel still going because the <laughs> yeah. rant that this guy would have, he would have no filter on that that Twitch channel. Uh, what would he
0: be ranting about? Like, is it? I, I'm
1: coming out. I'm coming
0: out <laughs> from my match with Adam
1: fucking Copeland, and this goddamn star is right in my goddamn face. <laughs> So far from an AJ Styles, but I still well, it's like it. Perfect, him. it's so, cool. great. <laughs> so Jesus Christ!
0: Well, he listen, just, John, he, he
1: just—he was steaming when he walked. Out. He just looked so angry, and I would too. Like it just looked like one of those cuts that are like you're not going to bleed to death, but it's one of those just annoying painful looking
0: wounds oh, well, not to mention you're like and he's got to
1: work for 25 minutes After it's
0: the biggest match of the year you know you're psyched up you got all oh, this stuff dude, in it head. was like a, a 24 minute match ahead i of you.
1: totally would understand like it's a big match for you and it's like the last thing in the world that should be shaking you is something so you can but. never you can never predict that happening to you yeah you know but, I mean? I,
0: but at the same time it
1: would be like us starting this show way and we're not even going live you know what i mean like things <laughs> that you could not even predict
0: oh he has my sympathy that's for sure but he was the only one who got caught so who do you really blame here okay oh poor aj
1: well it was a uh, it was an unfortunate part of WrestleMania. there was some weird stuff on on that second night so AJ comes out, and he sends Priest over the barricade, and then he goes after Edge, runs him into the post, and he gets two chairs for the concerto, but he is stopped by Priest, and Edge and Damien hit this spinning leg sweep from Damien while Edge simultaneously spears him. This looked
0: pretty cool. Really cool. Like a total elimination, but with a spear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it looked great actually yeah
1: and they were gonna go for a concerto on aj but the officials came in to stop them and they'll be doing damien priest and aj next week and this was one where i, I feel we will get a, a do-over with edge and aj probably at backlash
0: yeah okay yeah that that, that that makes sense sure maybe a way to perhaps you know um reclaim some of the mixed sentiment i i should say coming off the of night too but um you know, I I what do you, I'm curious to know what you thought about the the segment because this I, I'm was-
1: not I'm not sold on the Edge character in, in this role yet. It's it's to me it's still really lacking that like something that Edge is very very good at taking whatever and it can be and he ties it to something real, um, mm. very much like Jericho in that sense. And for this one, it's like. He did that that heartfelt speech about what it means to be at WrestleMania and sending setting the open challenge. And then it was just, you have whiplash from this turn that was just, to me, rooted in, in nothing real. And it's just, it's been such a dark change that it, it to me, it, it's, it does still feel like a caricature and not something that it's like the, this evil new character, which I think is hard to pull off with Edge at this stage, where I think a lot of people do want to cheer him, Um like Damian Priest like yeah this is better than where he was several weeks ago um but i i'm still not like all sold in on on the this, this group yet but they're obviously very invested in it and and hopefully it it finds that that rhythm to it the mm-hmm. best thing here was the physicality at the end like the double team spot was was very cool looking and obviously you you know the the, the wrestling portion is fine but this is going to be graded on the character work and getting mm-hmm. priest up
0: and running Yeah, at least when we're talking about the TV shows. But, you know, like heading into WrestleMania, I was really not that attached to the build that they had with AJ. But by the time the match came around, I was excited for it because it was AJ Styles versus Edge. Um, And this could very well be the same. You're right. Like, you know, as a we've seen so many cult leader gimmicks in pro wrestling that I think it's kind of tough to, like, you know, put your own spin on it. I haven't really seen that yet from Edge. Um, I think his promos, like, had the potential to be great. But you're probably right in that it's not really quite there yet and
1: it's not like like Damian Priest you can see a motivation for this and where he was going like that's mm-hmm. that's a, like edge was like he's winning his feuds he gets these these thunderous reactions And it was like there there was no reason for it so it it's kind of hard to be a like you fans
0: or you know th- th- there was no like well, this, Cody this should had, have come this should have come a year ago when he got stacked you know so right. it made more sense then totally yeah absolutely
1: uh, then we have AJ sorry alpha academy against the street profits which uh alpha academy attacked them so Adam Pierce turned it into a Texas tornado match and they just had a wild tag match that saw Ford do his dive over the corner to all three. Uh, after Alpha Academy got the the heat, Gable hit a moonsault off the top, followed by Otis with the Otis bomb, but both Street Profits kick out. Dawkins got placed on the table, but then dumped Otis to the floor and sent him into the steps. Gable does a backflip after fighting Ford, landing in front of the table, and Dawkins comes back, sets Gable onto the table, and ends with Ford with From the Heavens, through the table, pinning Gable, which was... Um, Pretty spectacular. They they did the most with what they had here.
0: Can you imagine Gable Stevenson versus Chad Gable in a tables match?
1: No, I do not. I would I would not I would not want to see um that 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 happen this early.
0: Would you want to call it?
1: Um, what would I want to call it? <laughs>
0: no, would you want to call Gable versus Gable in a table? Oh, match?
1: I understand what you mean. Yeah that that <laughs> would that would be the week that uh, Shorty G is officially resurrected. <laughs>
0: You know I think um <laughs> Alpha Academy are doing great lately, like so to me the loss doesn't really hurt them to me like Chad Gable is kind of falling into your Sami Zayn category where you know despite losses, Vince and the audience clearly are taking a liking to him, so they're going to give him you know t v time regardless of how well he does, and that might be ultimately a detriment to you know his world title chances, but I think he'll always have a job i I think like this is.
1: This has been the the best main roster run of uh, of Chad Gable. I mean, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's this and like the, like the Jordan pairing, the NXT version with, with Jordan that really has been his high points, but this is you know for him has been a resurrection to what was just a floundering main roster run. So next week, AJ and Damian Priest, the women's tag title match for whatever reason, and Rey Mysterio against Veer Mahan for
0: the Raw after the Raw after WrestleMania. Three whole matches announced. How many of them do we actually see?
1: Um, I'll say at least two.
0: Two out of three. Okay.
1: Yeah, maybe they'll realize um, we can't sacrifice Rey of Veer Mahan. He is too valuable to us.
0: If he doesn't show up next week, I do- will be they'll
1: throw Dominic to the wolf. <laughs> Yeah. Uh undisputed WWE Universal Champion is how he is acknowledged as Roman Reigns comes out with the bloodline. Heyman passes him the belts and Roman says we're going to change things up tonight. And he has Heyman describe their success. So Heyman explains how with Roman on top, we have seen the largest box office receipts in the history of SummerSlam of Survivor Series it is the first year WWE grossed a billion dollars with reigns on top for the whole year it was the largest grossing box office at the royal rumble the largest crowds in the history of wrestlemania a 58% increase on peacock and this this was where i was waiting for like uh a box to just show up and there's brandon with his tie and could fact check all of this for us uh,
0: <laughs> i i was uh i was waiting for like you know um uh, like a reporter to get on the line to ask some questions. Cause it, this felt like it felt like him leading a shareholders meeting. Yes.
1: Paul, could you explain how these two WrestleManias are compared to single night events prior to uh, 2020? How, to, how does that work? And how about these Saudi Arabia shows in terms of uh, gross revenue? Uh, so he's passes it over to Reigns who says that what's good for Reigns is good for WWE. He is the last needle mover. And he called his shot. He delivered. He smashed Brock Lesnar. He's constantly moving forward. He's not going to hang his hat on this past weekend. So my next move will be revealed on SmackDown. Dallas, Texas, acknowledge me. So you see, he changed it up. He ended the promo with calling out the city instead of starting it. And that was our farewell to
0: the night after WrestleMania Raw. If you decided to stay up, (laughs) joke's on you. (laughs) You're going to have to wait a bit longer, yeah. It's going to be years. Some kid
1: is going to you know, be in developmental and say, you know, I was a five-year-old and I stayed up, and I, I remember Roman Reigns talking about his box office receipts and the 58% jump on Peacock viewership. Yeah, yeah. That that hooked me as a fan.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, so clearly they really had nothing for Roman to do except <laughs> to pose with the belt, and yeah. that would have been fine. I I suppose like they, the way they built it up made it feel like it was going to be a bit bigger than that. You know, at least an angle to tease us to see who the next opponent will be, some sort of physicality or something. You know, just to kind of like give us a, a relevant storyline point. And um, and it was none of that. It was yeah, and in on Friday,
1: yeah. I mean, you do want to send people to to SmackDown. There's that. They they might but there, have. But they, there are ways to they, do maybe that. Maybe there's some things in the air that they don't want to um, you know, show their hand yet of where what Roman's uh, direction is. No Brock on this show as as well. Uh, no Becky on this show. Was there any other uh, significant omissions? Ronda,
0: was she SmackDown, though?
1: Yeah, not that that matters anymore, but you're right, yeah. R- Ronda actually did post an Instagram post indicating she'll be on SmackDown, so I guess they'll do the follow-up there of whatever it is with, with Ronda and Charlotte. So there you go. That was the uh, that was Raw. It was certainly a show that, I mean, th- there were cons- constant moving with angles. It was a, very, it was a fast-paced show, fairly... Easy to to watch episode of Raw, mm-hmm. um, flat with, ending with with a, with a mixed bag. I would say like some flat yeah. stuff in the mid, in the middle. I didn't think the breaker thing came off all that well. I understood why they did it. I don't know if it was the right choice. And yeah, flat ending to the show. Um, I I, I thought Cody like that was that was like a solid first promo in WWE I, to to start things off. It gives the character like all you need to know. If like like to me, it's okay. People that know the backstory of Cody, but how about the person that maybe is not familiar? You got it in those fifty minutes. Okay, this guy has a history with this company. He left for a while and he has come back to win the title his father never did. I understand this character.
0: How how aware do you think your average WWE fan is is of the whole free agency thing that he was alluding to?
1: I think enough that I, I would feel most were aware of, you know, the of this story like it it was a pretty well circulated story and i would say even if you weren't like up to date on like Mm -hmm. the day-to-day stuff it's like okay here was a big free agent signing i think most people six years is not the longest time in the world that you know that this guy was part of wwe beforehand so i i think that's always the key in the promos and and then cody suffered from this at times when if you're gonna go inside like make some inside reference it's got to be at least at face value, people can can understand it. There might be a deeper meaning to it, but at the surface level, people have to digest what you're talking about too. And I thought, this succeeded in that sense. I,
0: I thought so, too, especially when you're talking about a raw after WrestleMania crowd. I, I, I'm i willing to bet, you know, a good 80 percent, you know, plus people probably knew exactly what was going on, if not more than that. Um, but, you know, you had a lot of significant events happen on the show. You had um, MVP turn on Bobby Lashley. That was pretty big. Um, you had the debut of Veer. That was massive. The Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel huge so uh braun breaker also won the nxt championship so um, that happened as well um but no like this was a show that i think you you know was worth watching simply because it moved a lot of storyline points across and had um you know had interesting things happen on it
1: let's move on over to the forum we have feedback here to the show uh, which you can always post at forum.postwrestling.com we start off with Eric from Barry. I primarily follow the weekly shows through your content and decided to give tonight a shot since it's the Raw after Mania. Tonight did not sell me on returning next week. Cody being raised out of a box on the stage so he could descend down a ramp on the ramp should get the tone for me on this episode. It sure did set the tone for me on this episode that it wasn't going to be a good time. <laughs> I guess the, uh, the blocking of Cody's entrance was enough. To, ah, F this. The two men's tag matches were fun, but I found the tornado tag difficult to get into because it was because I was checked out after the commercials and talking segments. I also forgot about the Ziggler breaker match after typing this a good forgettable match, which is not what you would want for a,
0: for your uh, major title change on your third brand. We got a Nas who says just some thoughts on the entire week. I came back to wrestling after almost two years and following your coverage has been amazing. You two are the best to do it. Well, thank you. Hope you both take some well-earned time off. Yes, that is why we won't be here tomorrow at one o'clock, but instead I'll be watching uh WH Park and his very special guest review Toshiaki Kawada versus Kenta Kobashi from June of 1998. Uh he says except a few minor misses both nights of WrestleMania were ridiculously good. Raw tonight was totally missable except for Cody. Also the, this version of Roman is awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I thought night 1 was a really excellent show. I, I would not go that that far on night 2. Like it, overall like it it was a it was an enjoyable elements of it were were enjoyable but I I thought like night one was like a legitimately very good good show
0: I I thought so too but you know like Nas coming in after two years like probably got more entertainment than he was expecting even on night two
1: Benjamin writes first raw I tried to watch in over two years and I fell asleep after Owens and woke up briefly around Bianca Belair and then fell back asleep until Roman Reigns (laughs) Cody is really good at finding authentic ways to diffuse his stories, but I find him to be a little inauthentic. I hope Owens... Yeah, that was a sentiment people had, and that is going to be, like,
0: Cody... Like, I think that gets to, like, the polarization of Cody Rhodes. And I don't think he intends to do it at all. I think it is just, unfortunately, who he is. Now, there are things he could tweak about his presentation that I think can fix that, but there's just something that feels so forced when he, you know, he invokes his father's name or, like, you know, like starts crying and and starts having his voice shake and these are all things that I think we usually applaud in a professional wrestler if they're able to do on command but for some reason when Cody does it like it it's easy to just see through it
1: What did you think about um just um the interviews and uh, like media stuff he did like he had like like the charm was at like a 15 on a scale mm-hmm. of one, 1 to 10 like he was you great. know he was He's he was personable that. with every single reporter he was engaging he was like I, I thought, he came off tr- terrific. Like if I was, yeah. you know, like Adam Hopkins sitting there, like this is a media darling for us to have.
0: Totally, no, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, are you are do you bring that up to to say that maybe there's there's some sort of balance in between how he comes across in a press conference setting where he's totally likable versus maybe promo Cody that might not. Yeah, yeah. no, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, in a promo, you kind of have to, you know, um, exaggerate and and be a, a bit a bit more loud, but. i think it will be a problem that will plague cody until he maybe you know figures out what the issue is Mm -hmm. Uh, but it can also be a benefit to him for when if he does ever turn heel
1: yeah Uh, like it doesn't i don't have as much of of an issue with it like i enjoyed the promo but i totally see that and we we have the evidence from aew Mm -hmm. that like there there is that pushback and that's certainly something you risk once the like the new toy is acclimated well he's
0: the new friend he's like he's like maybe like your you know i don't know of like your friends you know are like significant other that like on first meeting you absolutely love but then afterwards you just kind of hear more and more stories and you're around this person a bit more and you realize they're they're more of a salesman than you know a genuine person
1: uh, Benjamin goes on, I'm content to not continue watching since the WWE's idea of a main event angle was to tell me to watch on Friday. In typical WWE fashion, they've tied their titles up in a knot that is going to be too difficult to untie in a believable or interesting way.
0: We got a brander from Oshawa who says, leave it to WWE to come off of a strong weekend with a lame, boring show like this. The WrestleMania One main eventer in a comedy segment, a contenders match where the team loses but still receives a title shot anyways just because they asked for one. War, yeah, that made no sense. Made no sense. A terrible, annoying crowd. Same old shit. After two days of fun,
1: <laughs> I I was not bored during the show. Me I was, neither. I was not bored. I thought I thought it, the like the pacing to me was much better than a usual RAW. I think they they were doing like a lot of a lot of angles. It was yeah. To me, I, I was not bored. Like I'm not saying this was a a flawless show. It was far from it. But I would say in terms of like um, being engaged, I, I, I was for the three hours. Hmm. Kate writes, I suspect that this show will do a big number coming off a buzzed about WrestleMania, but I feel... Like, it's short of creating something that will capitalize on that interest. It wasn't terrible, but it exposed some of the weaknesses of the product, in particular the tendency to repeat themselves. Cody's promo is likely to be the most discussed thing from the show. For me, it came off a little contrived, not because I doubted what he was saying, but because I've heard him do almost the same promo before in exactly the same style. For anyone who isn't familiar with him, though, I think it would be powerful. He's certainly the person with the most momentum in the company right now. I was legitimately surprised at the cold reaction to Veer. I thought that the months of buildup would give him a hook-like mistake that would trigger a pop for no reason other than when he finally appeared nope no (laughs) not at all hey they they were absolutely trying to like from the you know send veer stuff like they were totally going for that
0: were they were they trying though really it was the same video honestly like for months and months and months and I, i don't
1: think they intended to start like that but once it became this running gag i think they did kind of play into that that you know just time after time after time it's delayed that there's like this
0: what, novelty to the guy but how, like how is that supposed to benefit the guy when he does return because either you get people they, they were hoping to make high. him
1: like this this cult figure and introduce him to the audience that you're hoping is your most diehard fan base or your fan base that's going to get the joke more than most
0: mm, okay
1: like i think it was strategic to put him on on this show not just being the night after mania but also like this crowd and uh getting that response
0: but yeah mm. i i i I don't think it's going to have that kind of effect uh I wanted to go to this before, but totally forgot so apologies, but we have one super chat here from m m a who sends five dollars just to support. He says great shows this week guys uh and also he asked, do you hold off Cody versus Roman for summerslam
1: yeah i I would not do that earlier than um summerslam um especially you, the other thing is sorry but the They're doing like multiple stadium shows just in the month of July. Like Allegiant Stadium is July. And then four weeks later, it's a Nissan Stadium in Nashville. So um, Mm. both those shows are probably going to need big matches. And that's another reason why you need some big matches for Roman Reigns. And I guess with Cody, it's like you can either build up to like I think everyone is looking at. Like who is the person that eventually knocks off Roman Reigns? There's like the idea of The Rock, which is a long term idea. There's the idea like you could have Cody win it, or you could have Cody fail the first time. Like, but I, I would say like that's maybe where you're you're aiming for is like a big summer show, and and Cody is hopefully
0: ready for that. And we'll see like honestly how Cody is. Uh, can they hold? On, can they build him as a babyface until either July or in August? To, to be hot enough for a Roman Reigns title challenge. Um, and I think one of the things that's standing in his way is already hearing from our audience this feeling of inauthenticity when it comes to his babyface promos. Can they maintain that babyface appeal with him long enough for those title challenges? I certainly feel like he should probably lose his first challenge because that's the story. You lose that, you win the belt and you don't really have that much of a story. I mean, you And if, and if you're too.
1: fighting it and you go into it as the babyface and the crowd's not with you, like you lose...
0: And then you turn this guy, yeah, exactly, yeah. Eventually, um, but you know, conversely, like they were treating Roman like a babyface tonight. You know, acknowledge me as a babyface pop. Um, they were cheering him tonight, so that's an like if you made that match today, I think audiences would probably you know be either they would cheer for Cody. I feel, but if you made this match four months from now with the characters expecting Cody to stay a babyface and Roman as a heel that'll be interesting
1: Well, you're you're getting to that but like roman to me it was always like this ends him as a baby face and if you're looking at another year with, with this title like i i think you, you you have to start to look at that 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 shift as uh, of roman to babyface, so he can work with different people and and that it's time like that to me was always the goal of this character was this guy would be our top babyface star
0: and but how about against the rock though you got to hold him off as a heel until then
1: yeah, I just, I look at this for, like, if we're looking at a year, I think it's going to be very tough to keep this guy as a heel for for an entire year.
0: Hmm. Mm. Uh, and that wraps up our review of tonight's Raw.
1: That is it, folks. Thanks to everybody uh, for joining us live here on YouTube. Uh, we are going to be back on Wednesday uh, with... Both the post-daily news show and Rewind to Dynamite will be live right here on the channel at 10.05 p.m. Eastern Time. So subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And again, Tuesday, 1 Eastern, WH Park. Who will he be joined by to review Kawada Kobashi, June of 1998?
0: Do you have any guesses? Um... I think it will be... Um... Someone uh, who really loves this style of professional wrestling.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that really narrows it down. That is it for us, everybody. Uh, Thanks to everybody that checked out any of our WrestleMania coverage over uh, the last many number of nights. Uh, We are going to be off on Tuesday, but back on Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.